and welcome folks to episode 34 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and with me today, my partner in crime... Is Andy, a.k.a. When the Crowd Say Bo... Selector! Have it. Have it, bosh! Have <laughs> it, Merion. What a guy. Drop a grimbo. That's a really annoying Christmas song, that one, actually. It is. It crops up. You forget about it, and then it... Yeah. yeah. And then and then the one of the Christmas music channels just chucks it in the middle of all those great classics. I've forgotten about him now. I was thinking more of the Artful Dodger and Craig David himself. Oh, yeah. I saw Craig David in a nightclub once. Did you? Do you know he's from Southampton? Oh, I didn't know that, no. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw him in a nightclub once. He was surrounded by just like a whole a massive posse of huge bouncery types nice i've seen him too i saw him in a dentist with his mum oh sure okay yeah no, no true story it's true it's not like a made up one i was in the dentist and <laughs> he's only just started to be on famous so both selector had come out i think the other one the second one he did with artful dodge come out and they let him go out the back door in the middle of suburb in southampton where no one was around the front door but he was there with his mum going to get his teeth done all right. So, uh, are you mean this to suggest that some of the stories we tell might not actually be entirely true? <laughs> um, Is that what you're no. implying? No, no. Because I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, bro. Every story, every story I tell is 100% correct. It's fact. Truth. True story, in it. Yeah, bro. But this was a true, true story. A, a true, true story. Yeah. <laughs> Craig David. Bob Felicta. Kiss me, Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> me piss bag. <laughs> yeah. I always used to find it really funny that uh, the the scary spy stuff. Ooh, me growler. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that won't be dated very well. If anyone watches that now, of course. No. No. Anyway, mate, let's let's talk some dice masters. How you doing, dude? What have you been up to the last two weeks since we got together? Right. Well, what have I been up to? Not a lot, really. I've got a PlayStation Four, which is quite exciting. Oh, that's interesting. You've been playing Fortnite. I have been playing Fortnite. I played some Fortnite with my main man Rob Shaw. Oh, sure. Goose. The Goose Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Goose is loose. Did a bit of duos there. We built this amazing fort on top of this house uh, and then got massacred by a group of seven-year-olds. <laughs> That's just <laughs> how it goes sometimes, man. <laughs> Console gaming, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think we've lost our Twitch reflexes in our old age. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's just a matter of t- It's like riding a bike. It'll come back to you. Yeah, a bit more practice. So, yeah, I've been playing some of that. Playing a Spider-Man game. I know that we're not really video game podcast but the spider-man game for the ps4 is amazing it's like a really long spider-man film but you get to like do stuff in it it's very cool very 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 cool um, heard, Dice heard Masters. Lots of things about it yeah. yeah yeah it's really good we've we've had some games we've been practicing ready for our gaming versus cancer ministry of dice presents dice masters uh, which would have happened by the time this is released Yes, uh, just on that note, actually, so it's our intention to record some audio and do some live stuff at Gaming vs. Cancer, but because of our recording schedule, even though the event will have happened the weekend prior to this coming out, you'll be getting the coverage in the following episode to allow me time, because I'm travelling, I haven't got the time to do the editing, short 
short notice. Um, yeah. So yeah, on that. Give us a bit of time. Yeah, I know we've been practicing, but I'm so in my head about my teams. Yeah, uh, so the, the golden escalation format is just wide. It's mental, yeah, it's mental. I just don't, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. We've been through so many different teams and combinations. You can tell. Yeah, who knows what we'll be playing on the day. Yeah, well, I've narrowed it down to two teams that I've practiced quite a bit. Uh, I've got to confess that the Pyro Global Escalation team that we've been reporting on uh, in recent episodes is will not be hitting the table at, at uh, Gaming versus Cancer. I just, I just don't feel confident enough with it at this stage. He says, talking like he's attending the UK Nationals or something. <laughs> and the Punisher team that I'll be working on is awesome, but the Raven cancelling out being able to intimidate off things ruins the day it's a bad fit yeah it's a bad fit yeah yeah oh, so there you go anything else my man anything else on the gaming front um uh, no not really not really been busy time dealing with sure. real life so no just just that little bit there what about you mate so, uh, in the non-Dice Masters sense, me and the good lady, the hashtag competitive wife, had one of our classic wine and games nights. The key feature of that was a head-to-head on Smash-Up, which um, works reasonably okay as two-player, but I like it because it's, it's about the limit of which I can get Joe to play some some more kind of, like a cardy game, if you know what I mean. Right. That's, that's more akin to the stuff I play, you know, like with yourself and with the guys down at Element. So uh, that was all right. And then a little bit of uh, a, a favourite of ours called Temporary Worker Assassin, which I'm, I know I've spoken about before. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's, so. that's pretty much it. In the, oh, sorry, mate, what was that? I said, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a deck builder, but I like. It's got the theme. The artwork is really cool on it. There's there's some awesome artwork on it, and I like the the sort of the mix of the mystical with the boring, mundane, temporary office worker kind of theme. It just has a is a quirky feel to it that I enjoy. Uh, in the, on the Dice Masters front, as you just mentioned, me and you have been getting ourselves prepped up and ready for the global escalation at the Gaming versus Cancer. And then down with the dudes at Element Games, we played a single set night on our standing Tuesday night. Um, yeah, that was good. We like a single set night. Although, uh, once again, the, the legend, the spammy, cheesy legend that is Steve Clegg rooked up with his nasty AVX team loaded up with gross super rares. <laughs> Um, let me let me have a guess let me have a guess was uh, Serena on there most certainly was Green Goliath Hulk I, indeed he was uh, right then we'll have Gobby uh, yeah I think he was I didn't play Steve myself actually but there was another spammy cheesy fondue maker there and Paul brought his cheesy ABX team as well Johnny Storm <laughs> Gobby Serena Green Goliath it was pretty grim uh, but I played all Batman I went with the from Batman set from the Batman set Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. The reason I did that was because we'd paired up team packs and starter sets with, with kind of aligning sets. So Maximum Carnage, for example, was with ASM. Uh, Harley Quinn was with Batman, etc., uh, etc. Et you know, uh, right. Iron, Man, Iron Man War Machine was with... Civil War? Yeah, it might have been Civil War. I think we paired that up with... I can't remember. I did a list on our facebook page and so i chose batman because i wanted to play with some of my new toys in the harley quinn box <laughs> did you want to play poison ivy um did i have poison ivy on the team i might have had poison ivy on the team but uh it was the sidekick batman i was playing around with actually 
Oh, cool. I love that one. Um, I've got them here. Is that the the one that I like with the overcrush? Yeah, that's right, there. yeah. Uh, so the, the team it was Ace the Bat Hound, who's an ally. You can see where this is going. And then I had the Robin from Batman that's an ally who gives all the other sidekicks plus one defense. And then just for funsies, I threw Super Rare Dark Side on. Basically, oh, yeah. my my aim was to swarm Ace the Bat Hound. <laughs> <laughs> that was that yeah. was that was my main aim, <laughs> and then I put the Batman on, plays two rough that that gets plus one plus one and overcrush if your opponent's got a villain in the field for the sidekick. So just get loads of Ace the Bat Hound out, get loads of Robins out, field a Batman smash face. That's kind of it was really nothing more exciting, more <laughs> <laughs> nothing no more depth to it than that, to be quite honest. And then I chucked Parademon on the one that does the damage for swarming because I thought he's nice with. He's nice with dark side. So it was a yeah. fun team to play, but yeah, it got absolutely annihilated by the grossness that was hanging around. Although my man Duncan, traditionally true to form, rocked up with the weirdest, jankiest team with super rare Punisher and the, what's his name? Adam Warlock. Is it the Adam Warlock nowhere shenanigans that snatches all your dice? Oh, um, cool. Are you aware Is that, that the Punisher, the one that's, Punisher uh, mixed with Doctor Strange. Yeah. So anyone? Yeah, fun night, but I got no. I got nailed. Say again, sorry. <laughs> anyone? No dust. It's from Little Britain. You tried eating dust. <laughs> We're very uh, Anglo comedy centric this evening, aren't we? We are. I say if that went over your head, that is going over everyone's head. Yeah. Apart <laughs> from Teach, because Teach gets me. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, anybody interested in mid noughties sketch comedy? Well, we've got a podcast <laughs> for you. <laughs> Only me. <laughs> in milk, brilliant. <laughs> this week I've been mostly eating strawberry flavored pop tarts. Ooh, suits you, sir. <laughs> oh, we could do a whole episode on the fast show. We absolutely could. <laughs> I was also. Um, what was the other one that jumped into my head? Loads of money. Oh yes. Harry Enfield's first, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that was the nineties, though. I tell you what, I did notice on Netflix the other day. Total random Chris patented tangent. Uh, a little bit of Fry and Laurie was on. Oh my lord! Yeah, which was a proper blast from the past. And actually, just a little known fact for the listeners: you, you may or may not know this. I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, Andy's actually quite an accomplished pianist. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'll say that again: pianist. Yes, just, just in the, <laughs> just for the avoidance of all of all doubt and Hugh Laurie is obviously well known for it, for his piano work he's a jazz musician and played piano quite frequently on a bit of Fry and Laurie but it's, it's not well known that actually Hugh Laurie was taught how to play the piano by our very own Andy England UK national champion 2017 yeah little known True fact. but uh, I like I like it, that that you brought in my uh, national champion 2017 we haven't said that for a while Oh, there you go. Former national champion. Yeah. Does it upset you, though, that uh, just as we've all moved on and become better Dice Masters players than you, Hugh Laurie went on to become a more accomplished pianist than you? I've got used to it, if I'm honest. I peaked too early. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. No lasting power. No. No. Hey, I'll tell you what it's time for now. Do you know what it's time for now? The end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The listeners wish, but no, that's not the case. It's time for Who Are You? Who are ya? Yeah, I'll put the the thing in now. Who are ya? Who are ya? Who are ya? 
Yes, that's right. So if there's any new listeners out there, Andy and I, we, we have a particular fascination with our worldwide listener base. We think it's just really curious that people from all corners of the world sit down and listen to our, our little podcast that we're making on our, our beautiful little island. And so we take a look at the stats, pick a pick a location out of our recent listeners and ask them to get in touch. And if they get in touch, they get a shout out on, on the episode. So last week's Who Are You was Salem, Massachusetts in the United States. We kept it quite Halloween-y themed, but they clearly were too tied up burning witches because nobody from Salem got in touch. So whoever the Salem listeners are, it's been a Who Are You fail this week. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a bit of a disappointment. So, but onwards and upwards. Uh, I've not been keeping score, but I think we're having more fails than than successes on this in the last couple Feels of episodes. Way, yeah, it does feel that way. Let's see if we can turn it around for next episode. So this week we're asking for listeners in Sicklerville, United States, in New Jersey. Where is in New Jersey? New Jersey. Yeah, in New Jersey's. So if you're <laughs> so uh, again we don't know this could be one listener who has listened to lots of episodes all in one go or it could be several listeners we we, we don't know we, we'd be curious to find out so if you're a listener in Sicklerville, then please do get in touch you can go to britroller6.com and hit the contact us button find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the ministry of dice or you can tweet me at britroller mr six and mr is spelled mr it's not the fully spelt out there drop us a line let us know and if you do we'll give you a, a mention and a shout out on our next episode and if you don't forget about it forget about it hey hey buy a pizza what are you gonna do what are you gonna do all right then let's get on with the show now after all that uh, distraction what is on the show today yes on the show today so we're going to have a little bit of a chat now about the upcoming worlds make a few predictions as to what cards we think might be popular and what might be going on and there's also been a recent announcement um that we'll discuss then we're going to move on to what what else is in this episode got a uh, beautiful pick of the week where we talk about uh, our picks from the central european uh, nationals and what cards we saw and what was our favorite from what we've seen that's right that's right well done andy well done. got you back mate yeah cheers dude uh, and that'll bring us to the close so we hope you enjoy our conversations about that stuff but i think to put me out of my misery right now before i blunder into any more rubbish let's get on with the show forget about it forget about it Yes, okay then, folks. So, uh, in the world of Dice Masters, we've got a pretty big event coming up in uh, the back end of this month, just two weeks away, as from, or roughly two weeks away from this episode coming out. Uh, And that is our Dice Masters 2018 World Championship. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, very exciting times. So we just wanted to put the word out. I'm I'm sure everybody knows, but if you don't, then hopefully we're helping put the word out. But also, uh, Andy, I believe you had a few predictions as to what you thought might might be going on in the meta, or at least some ideas as to what you think we might see, and just generally chat rubbish about the event. Yeah, I thought it would be quite good to have a chat about what teams we think we're going to see. It's uh, modern without cube, but I think your auntie's still well in the mix but yeah well all the new stuff and yeah you've got all the avenger stuff that's come out since that's us right, yeah. yeah 
that's right so we'll have a bit of a natter about that so let's do the practicals i suppose to begin with have you uh, do you have the information in front of you yet i do i do just okay. about well you can do this but you do the rundown on the event then my man Okay, so the World Championships for Dice Masters will be at PAX Unplugged at the Philadelphia Convention Centre. That's located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, let's have a look. <laughs> dude, dude, it's the Pennsylvania Convention Centre in Philadelphia. That's not what WizKids' website says. I'm on WizKids' website right now. It says Pennsylvania Convention Centre, 1101 Art Street, Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, on the... Um, on the World Championship update, it says, WizKids is pleased to formally announce the World Championships will be taking place this year on November the 30th to December the 2nd at PAX Unplugged in the Philadelphia Convention Centre, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania! Exclamation point. Oh, well, Jimmy, if you're listening... <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, man, you need to have a word with your marketing department. Uh, you can have half of the people wanting to compete going to the Philadelphia Convention Centre. The other half will be in the Pennsylvanian Convention Centre. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're so, probably yeah. really far away. Yeah, little known fact to the listeners that yeah. I have heard from, from my friend Steve Clegg that there is a, a core group of gamers from Somalia uh, who picked up a, a quite a lot of Dice Masters from pirating. And they've been practising <laughs> away. And they are heading to either the Philadelphia or Pennsylvania Convention Center, wherever Worlds is. And they are looking to compete heavily and win the World Championship. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. True story. True story. Yeah. Steve Clegg on his skiff. But to get back to um, (laughs) (laughs) the the simple short part of the uh, discussion. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, between the 30th and the 2nd of December. doesn't actually give me the date of Worlds, so... It's the Saturday. The stuffed. The Saturday. Yeah, it's on the Saturday. So there's a qualifier on the Friday, on the on November the 30th. Uh, and then there's the actual World Championship on the Saturday. And then there's a variety of side events taking place through the weekend as well, which, if memory serves me correctly, this bit I haven't got open on my iPad in front of me, but if memory serves me correctly, there's a, a Dungeons & Dragons event. There's a cube draft, which I think is using the Avengers Infinity contents then there's uh the you know the format 10 in 10 oh yeah yeah Yeah, i remember that one i think there's a side event of that taking place and then maybe one other if uh but my my, my memory's a bit hazy i've done all that off the top of my head so yeah lots lots of dice masters going on but the main event the big event is the qualifier on the friday and the actual championship final on the saturday yeah yeah because they've got qualifier pods don't they they do that in america yeah, they have to. They fire them off with eight players, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hashtag wanna collude. <laughs> Hashtag why not just do a tournament? Yeah, I, I don't know. You'd have to. I'm not sure what that's all about. I don't really. Un- I don't understand it. I don't understand the system. Someone will come out the woodwork and, and explain it to me. I'm sure. There was I played. About- I played in a couple when I went out there last year. Oh, of course and you did. Yeah, I forgot. You went to Worlds last year, didn't you? I did. I did go to Worlds. I'll tell you about it sometime, mate. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, and it's yeah, you pay uh, whatever it is, your, your tenner. Then it's uh, there's like eight people, so you play like three games, but you get knocked out. So you pay your tenner, you play a game, you get knocked out. You have to then go back, pay another tenner, wait for another eight people to turn up, so you can try and fight your way through three games to be a winner. Right. Okay. So that's obviously designed to maximise the qualification potential, then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
because you're not you're not waiting for so unlike our qualifier which is a swiss tournament with top cuts where it gets whittled down through the day you could have several attempts to qualify couldn't you yeah you could if there's enough people you could just kind of keep entering so if you get knocked out you can go straight back in and try again cost you a bit though uh yeah for sure but i was just um i I suspect the thinking behind that is to maximize the qualification potential so that they have a bit a a larger event for the finals itself but again maybe someone 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 can tell us someone who's a bit more experienced with that can tell us what's going on there yeah absolutely quite a curious turn of events actually in relation to that Uh, i don't know if if listeners saw the announcement that went out on the 5th of november so uh, 40k has sadly been delayed and so it's getting pushed back to the 28th which means technically according to the uh the the competitive tournament guidelines wouldn't be legal because it has to be out there one one week in advance of the of an event taking place if yeah it's one week yeah however they've managed to secure a, a limited amount of stock availability that they're going to make available to qualified players so you can presumably bias if you qualify on the friday or you're turning up pre-qualified because you've earned a qualification already um you can buy a set uh, and and use that on the saturday now that that obviously comes with pros and cons Uh, some people can see that it'd be nice to have a meta shake up and not have a repeat of the national events so there's going to be something a little bit new and different to freshen up the meta field there Uh, however others are a bit like well the practice time is clearly very limited now you could obviously go away and proxy the cards they've been spoiled for some time and i believe that's the the justification for bending the one week rule here but uh, it's certainly going to be interesting and some people are concerned about because it's limited stock well what if i want maximum dice and all that kind of thing but that that'll be really interesting. So uh, I suppose the first thing to point out is the the delay of the release. It's going back to the 28th of November. Yeah, it's going to have a really interesting impact on what's going to take place on the team lists at the event, which I think is a really curious thing. Um, mm. Yeah, really curious thing. So uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what we think we might be going on then. So I suspect the team lists will come out pretty swiftly. The Dice Coalition will be all over that, I, I imagine. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what starts, uh, what info starts leaking out of the event as the weekend progresses. As you mentioned before, I, I think it's it's highly likely that there'll there'll be uh, even now with that with the possibility of 40k shaking up the meta. I think the Yuanti Pseudo Dragon combo is going to be popular or certainly make an appearance. Yeah, you'd have thought so. It's still really, really strong. Buy one cost, do a load of damage. Be that guy. <laughs> Be that guy, yeah, absolutely. Repeat. Yeah, rinse, repeat. So if, if you're up for a, a boring game, but you, you want to get your hands on some foil cards, then that's possibly the way to go. Uh, I'd certainly be interested to see if, uh, I mean, further to 40k, the Avengers Infinity, Kree Invasion and Justice Light Lightning packs and Harley Quinn team pack have hit the market since the uh, the last batch of nationals. Oh, was the Harley Quinn stuff out in time for Central Europeans? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe not. Yeah, Let's maybe see not. Much I don't, of it in there. Yeah, I don't I don't seem to recall much. Yeah, you're right. But they, they may have the potential to shake things up a little bit. I'd certainly be interested to see if 
whether some popular cards like the the big Cree captain, you know, with villain centric teams, has the potential yeah. to become a thing. He uh, the one specifically I'm talking about. People aren't familiar with it. Uh, that gets larger for villain dice in the field. And there's lots you can sort of play around with with him to give him overcrush or to um, make him unblockable. Or uh, I heard kind of whispers on the wind about the basic action card under is it under surveillance that that makes a, a dice level one and unblockable, but his stats are the same across the board in attack. He's 3-3-3, three, three, three. Mm. Um, so there may be something there. Uh, the Avengers ID card, I think there's been some people playing around with the Avengers yeah, um, and using the Avengers ID card to, to give them that stat bump, really cheap kind of stat boost, just stacking those Avengers ID cards and then smashing face with the Avengers. So that'd be interesting to see whether that becomes a thing. Uh, and equally, the sidekick-centric teams are clearly very popular, whether the sidekick-centric Batman that I was talking about a little earlier on play, plays too rough, uh, whether he, he makes an appearance, I'd be interested to see. And then if they do make an appearance, have they got what it takes to go the distance when you compare it to the pseudo-dragon Yuanti? Yeah, then you've got Ring Dragon. That's still really strong. Ring of Winter. In fact, if you want to know more about Ring of Winter, you could check out the Brit Roller 6 blog where uh, you have done a, an article about it, haven't you? Yeah, um, otherwise known as a true Mr. Six whinge. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Ring of Winter's doing, it's been confounding me greatly, that dice lately. Um, in some part, and I may even say this in the article, in some part because I don't own one, so I'm just a bit like, oh, I can't play around with this, but other people keep beating me with it. But yeah, that uh, Ring of Winter Gold Dragon combo definitely yeah. is. It's just it's just horrifying, really. Two cost dice that brings in a big nasty on level three. You know what I mean? At the biggest the big nasty can be. Uh, work is super fast. You know, when paired up with things like Mimic Ramp, that's what I've seen it used with lately. Super fast. I saw a, a global escalation team actually based around it, and that was even more horrifying. With people. <laughs> yeah, it was it was grim. So yeah, I think you're right. Ring Ring Dragon. Uh, I'd be very surprised if the Ring of Winter paired up with the Gold Dragon doesn't make an appearance. And I think that's got you know that's got legs on it. That that has potential for sure. It'll depend yeah. on on kind of how that's supported because it's a bit of a glass cannon. Um, yeah, I mean, do you take the the ten? And just let it all cycle and hope to do whatever you're going to do before it gets around the bag at the same time again. Yeah, uh, so I faced a few Gold Dragon teams at the UK Nationals. And apologies for repeating myself. I think I may have mentioned this before. But one of the I kind of made a decision about the Gold Dragon that I was just going to take it on the chin and play the game at half-life. You know, uh, But on the understanding that they drop that ring of winter and that dragon are dropping in the use pile and then i'll just do everything i can to slow them down you know kill their ramp get my own damage in and that strategy actually seemed to work for me on the day you know because you can't get your scarlet witch out in time for the first ring of winter but you can get her out in time for the second one for example um, yeah or you you know your effective blocker that can slow it down i've been playing around with poison ivy poison ivy red the one that um, takes no damage from non-villain non-villains yeah so she survives the breath weapon and she's a great blocker for for a big nasty uh, oh she reminds me actually so fix it may well still be knocking around yeah we'll fix it uh fix it for himself in the uh, in the world championships yeah he's still strong did well at uh, central Europe's central european that's yeah yeah 
yeah, and that was that. with PXG and Blue Eyes and everything else banging around. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. He, he obviously has uh, clearly winning potential because Andy took it to the top spot of Central European Acts with the global escalation support around it. It hasn't fired quite so well in the modern context, so it'd be interesting to see if any if anything in the new releases are going to give it that extra little push it needs <laughs> to take it up to the top tier. Still strong though. You just need that. Uh, Hellfire Club and Magic Missile and yeah, and and I think there's things out there now like the Cree Captain Global, which is the pay two fist to discount card by three. Things like that may have an impact on on high cost cards like Fix It making an appearance because you can just make it that little bit cheaper to make it more viable. So there may be something, maybe something there. I'd be certainly interested to see. Let's not forget Collector Nobby. Well, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, obviously it's very well known that I'm a big fan of the Kleptonobi combo. But uh, I was listening to our friends over at Chris and Rob's game room have a bit of a chat about Kleptonobi the other day, uh, and our man Ben and uh, Chris and and Joe Vega over there were, were sort of talking about it, and they made some reasonable points about the Kleptonobi, about whether it's whether it's got what it takes to to go the distance. And it's still strong. Yeah, I think it's strong. I just don't know if it's strong enough to handle. It's that whole kind of you sort of go a little bit sideways to come back diagonally stronger, if you know what I mean. Whereas strategies like your Gold Dragon, your Yuanti, your Fix Its, they're just kind of very straight to the punch. Yeah, but everything and, and you've we've had uh, an influx of new villain control since the UK Nat certainly that does nothing but slow down your opponent. You've got poison ivy that's come out in the harley quinn set and that's going to slow your your opponent down yeah um, you've got blob that does nothing but slow you down yeah. um you've got you know villains cropping up everywhere in the new avengers set you've got the kree captain he's a villain the kree yeah. soldier normal dude yeah soldier yeah uh, he's a villain and they've all again they're all really good cards so if you can find the right fit to whether you then collect her in a knobby or do you collect her in a big fat Cree captain, you know, there's different options now which could put some people on there on the on the back foot if they hadn't thought about it. Yes, absolutely. I don't disagree. I'm just calling it out. Yeah. And then, of course, the 40k. Uh, I mean, I know that range has been attracting a lot of attention, and people have been talking about that. There's a card. It's one of the. I think it's one of the Space Wolf ones. The Dreadnought. Uh, is it Ven- Venerable Dreadnought? That gives all your active character dice range one which has got yeah. a, lot, a lot of potential, as well as some of the range cards there. I don't think Frag's going to make a difference, but range certainly has a lot of potential to, to interfere with the meta there. So if people have been proxying that up and, and sort of thinking it through, there could be some interesting stuff taking place in that space. Yeah, um, it's only a four-cost as well, that one. So it's not going to take much to get it out. No, no, absolutely. His fielding cost at the top end is a bit painful, but it's got good stats, yeah. good purchase cost, great ability given everything range there could be a lot of potential to play around there so that's i think that's all the sort of well-reported big hitters but then of course as often is the case with these events you just don't know what's going to come out the left field no you know you just yeah that shield ring team from last year yeah absolutely 
maybe um, Harley's hyenas could just and Tabaxi Rogue, somebody's just figured out a way to really maximise the damage on that. Or is infiltrate? Is there? Because there's been some new infiltrate stuff come through. Is, is that the stuff that's going to make it go the distance and, and give it give it the edge that it finally needed? Yeah. You know, I, I I don't necessarily think so, but I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there. But you just don't know. There's people, obviously. What, what was it, Jimmy said? Who've got a true mastery of the game, who are f- tinkering away with their janky stuff. So there may well be a really interesting left fielder. Uh, I mean, if I was to put money down, I think a Yuanti Wasp pseudo dragon kind of avengers attune mashup is going to be the thing yeah shame yeah yeah it is a shame uh, it is a shame i mean uh, but ranger's got a lot of potential there to run interference on that but if i was to put money down now that's probably where i'd where I'd put place my bets yeah um, but it's, it's going to be a fascinating event and i'm really looking forward to seeing kind of what comes out team lists and what interesting janky stuff people have managed to tinker up absolutely i am yeah, definitely. Hope they, they'll um, hopefully should stream it, or at least some of the games. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure actually. I mean, yeah, they may well do that. Wonder. I wonder if yeah, they'll get an interesting commentator on there. Unlike they should national, do. Yeah, unlike nationals, US that. Who is that? I don't know, just some dude, some dude from mm. Detroit. He, 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 he didn't have much to say, to be honest. They should fly us out. Yeah, they should. Yeah, absolutely. Should have mentioned that last week. Yeah. Or last episode. Yeah, tell me about it. Right, we'll we'll catch him on the flip side and see what we can do. <laughs> I missed I missed miss the perfect opportunity to pitch historical dice masters as well. Kicking oh, myself. Oh yeah. All right, we'll have to get Jimmy back on and do some work. Yeah. Let's do some work in that space. Right. Uh, I feel like we're fizzling out on that, so let's let's wrap this one up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. So. When is it again? It's on the Saturday, which would be the what? First of December. First of December. Saturday, the first um, of December. Yeah. So all exciting times there. Uh, anyone who's going, good luck. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wish you all the best. Mm. Wonder if we'll see our man Mickey Power flying the flag. Yeah, or Andy Spog. I don't know if he's going out. It'd be it'd be great if we could get a UK player over there. But the, uh, especially at this time of year, the cost of flying out there is just prohibitive, man. Yeah, I know, but seeing that, um, was there four UK national champions or four UK nationals as Dice Masters national champions this year? Who's the four? Maybe I was just Andy, Ben, and Mike. Three. Ah, three. Do I not still count? Well, you'll you'll have to qualify in one of the pods while you're out there, won't you? Yeah, of course. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. See you at the Pennsylvania slash. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Convention <laughs> Centre <laughs> on the 1st of December I'll be the one in the tux absolutely with Flying my trousers flag. yeah well what do you need trousers for you've got to be comfortable while you're playing <laughs> you know what I mean speedos I'm, speedos and a bow tie yeah I'm not, I'm not wearing trousers now are you not no ah, I never wear like trousers podcasting I like it yeah I never wear trousers when we record on that epic thought <laughs> on to the next one <laughs> on to the next one okay on to the next segment bye bye now yes welcome back folks and as promised we have another one of the Ministry of Dice's pick of the weeks for you Ooh, yeah do you want to put the thing in yeah put the thing in I'll put the thing in now pick of the week 
Yes, that's right. So if we've got any new listeners out there, anyone who's not familiar, Pick of the Week is pretty much what it says on the tin. Andy and I will pick, uh, we choose a theme uh, for the episode's Pick of the Week, and we will root out a card that uh, we feel is the pick for that particular theme, uh, and then get into a bit of debate and discussion as to why we think it's so amazing. And the theme we've chosen for this episode's Pick of the Week is a card choice from the Central European Nats team lists. Isn't that yes, right, my man? Yes, very exciting. So, yeah, Global Escalation said that right. Uh, that was what they used at Central European Net. So the wide variety of cards available to uh, to choose from. And there were some really interesting and a bit off-the-wall choices that we, we saw being used. And uh, we've picked one each to have a chat about and delve into a bit deeper. Yeah, absolutely. So I just in general, before we get into the specific cards, the team list at Central European Nats, I think the, the variety that was on display there was really quite interesting, just full stop in its own right. Yeah. And, and there were certainly some some classics from the archives of Dice Masters gone by that stood out for sure. So when I came to looking at this, um, even though there was a clear winner for me, there was a few where I was like, oh, yeah, but I do really like that card and I'm really pleased that somebody used it you know it was a it was tough for me to pin it down to one um at a certain point in my decisions yeah i mean yeah you're right there were some uh things you'd expect like you had uh, a couple of ultraman teams rock up but there was um D team uh i think there's an all Yu-Gi-Oh team as well it, it goes to show that the, the, there is a variety of teams that you can play and do well with global escalation yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, without further ado, let's get into our picks. Um, do, do you want to go first, my man, or shall I? Uh, oh, I'll go first. Okie dokie then. Uh, give us your pick then, dude. Cool. So, my pick was from, let me load up the team, it was the runner-up Balaz uh, from Hungary, who came second. And in his team, uh, he picked, which I really like the look of, and something that I kind of played around with, but it was always the... Eleventh uh, card to, uh, to to take a phrase from our uh, our friends over at the Double Burst, uh, and it's um, Toad from UXM tongue lashing the uh, the common. Uh, I'll uh, give you the rundown. So Toad tongue lashing. He's got the villain affiliation. He's a five cost fist, uh, and while Toad is active, each opposing non sidekick character must attack if legal. Uh, and then the burst which is on his uh, level one and level two opposing characters take two damage when they attack his stats running at one two one two three two and two four four mm. yeah this is an old school geezer from from uxm isn't he yeah they're from way back in the day and yeah it's just the ultimate kind of board cleary uh, removal of something or everything you don't like the look of um, because they have to attack end of end of yeah absolutely and you can you know KO or let through anything that's yeah. really really bugging you uh, I noticed on Balaj's team that he had uh, was it the Venom or yes. Doctor Doom I forget yeah. which one Venom was it Venom uh, minus two, minus two for non-fist opposing characters on Venom. Yeah, which is clearly quite potent with the uh, the two damage uh, that Toad does on his burst face as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's a solid one. I'm trying to think of kind of pros and cons for it. Obviously, if you've got things uh, sat opposite you like Blob uh, and the Collector, which have got really low attack and high defense, so really hard to shift the more 
kind of common ways of doing it, be it by kind of attacking and get trying to get it to block or direct damage. You can drag it through. You'll take a couple of hits, but you, you're getting rid of of something that's really kind of pinning you down. Yeah, uh, at, a, at, a rel- at a relatively low cost turn by turn. I mean, obviously, he costs five to purchase, and his fielding cost can be a little painful. But, um, you know, you can just camp him out there, and he can clear that field down. Whereas, you know, with a, with a Black Widow taunt global, there's a need to save your fists. And, you know, he can, he can clear a whole field out rather than one or two that you could maybe afford to fire into a taunt global. Um, yeah. I really liked the the two damage when they attack. I, I have used him in the past and been caught out with him a bit though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if you're going up against uh, something like Guy Gardner, although you wouldn't have him in global escalation. I'm really struggling to say global escalation. I keep wanting to say golden escalation, <laughs> uh, but I'll, uh, I'll I'll soldier through. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you come up against someone who's uh, aggro attack, it's not a massive hardship if everything attacks. I suppose you still have your strategic bits, things that you're using for ramp or using for a buff or using for defense, which um, can come through. But if you're using, a, for example, Venom that we just spoke about as a defensive strategy to keep him out there and, and take two, him going through at his stats, which I know they're pretty high, isn't the end of the world. Yeah, I think against a controlly team, you're... Uh, you're not you're going to be wanting to get him out, but you might want to think twice about putting him in the field if you've got a load of dum dum duggans or, uh, I said guy gardeners or, or things of that nature, some big multiple hitting bad boys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although, as you say, you know, with with a card like Venom out or the Doctor Doom that gives everything minus one minus one or uh, our friend Valindra. Um, what is she minus one minus one or minus two minus two? Uh, she's minus one, minus one. Minus one, minus one. Or uh, perhaps another blanket damage card, like, um, oh, I don't know, Awakened Jubilee, something like that. Then the likelihood is, or, or the game you're playing really, is to try and have them attack, but kill them all before they, they could even get close to hurting you. Um, yeah. Where, whereas, as I say, I got caught, caught out using it in the past where perhaps I didn't have the blockers or the two damage wasn't quite enough. But with a Venom right. in the field, you know, anything with a defense less than four isn't going to make it, you know. No. <laughs> so that's actually so, yeah. Doug and taken care of. So, yeah, he's a, he is a lovely card and he, there's lots of janky fun you can have. Just just as a, a random patented Chris Tangent, if anyone's interested, the team I used to play around with him with was the I used to use the OP... Uh, the organised play promo Beast Nefarious Geneticist. For, for anyone listening who's not familiar with it, Beast Nefarious Geneticist, what he used to do was um, when he blocks, you can get yourself a, a dice with a purchase cost or two or lower for nothing. So you basically are buying for free. Um, and if he's on, if Beast was on his burst face, which I think was his level one, his bottom face, then you could get a dice with a cost of three or lower. So I used to like putting a couple of beasts out, putting a toad out, and then just lining up some two or three cost <laughs> characters forcing them to attack blocking them with the beasts and then buying my dice for free nice i like that i like that a lot yeah yeah it was janky it was janky yeah so that's my choice uh really good card used really well obviously got to second place in next century European nets interested to hear if listeners got any thoughts about that card have you used it if not do you fancy playing about with it have you got on let us know yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'd be interested to hear any interesting combinations. But by the time this goes out, we'll have actually already played in our Global Escalation Tournament at Gaming vs. Cancer. Maybe we'll receive some tongue lashings there. 
<laughs> we can only hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could talk about our teams then, can we? Because this won't come out till afterwards. Uh, well, yes, we could. Yeah, we could. Uh, but I don't think either of us have decided on what we're playing yet. So uh, No, yeah, mine's a bit up in the air. Although, you know, going back to your comments around uh, Toad Tongue Lashing, he would be uh, a bit of a pest for my team, that, uh, as my villain team, for example, because a lot of my guys, while they've got big defences, haven't got very big attacks. But they, they play a utility piece on my team. Um, so uh, a Toad for yeah. him. And, you know, if, if your opponent's willing to take the four or five damage that it would probably result in, which you know, you would be, knowing that I could probably deliver ten in my turn using the combo that they that they initiate, then yeah. It's uh, yeah, it, def- it would definitely be a challenge. So in hindsight, if there's anyone out there and you didn't play Toad Tongue last year, maybe you should have done. I would have struggled with it. Yeah, and I, I might put that on my team. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't know if you. I'm. Uh, I'm just looking over my other team now. Actually, I think. I think my other one. You know, me. Me magic missile one. That would be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely worth a look. Mm. Right. Should we go on to your choice? Yes, absolutely. On to my choice then. So, the card, as I say, there was a front runner that was standing out to me particularly, um, but there was there was a, a couple of notable mentions that maybe we'll move on to. But the the choice that stood out for me was the Satchel of Unlimited Weaponry, uh, and it's the rare with the subtitle Chimichanga. This is from the Deadpool set, and it's it's a five-cost bolt, and the text reads, deal two damage to target character die or player for each action die in your field zone. So uh, it, it's my pick of the week, because Jesko from Slovakia, who got knocked out in the top four um, at Central European Nats, I just think is a pretty brassy, bald guy to turn up to an event with an action-focused satchel team yeah i'm just like what a guy Uh, just high tens all around for that dude so his capacity to deal damage is clear the do two points of damage i like direct damage stuff anyway we know that so the capacity to deal two direct damage for each action die in your field is eye-catching enough it's quite expensive at the five cost but i think there's loads of really cool useful continuous action die that you could structure the team around um so even though it's a pick of the week it does reply on it rely very heavily on its on its support network its little combo cards yesco specifically had loaded up on the kiln the one that captures dice captures characters uh the lantern battery the super rare that uh, makes it difficult uh, it makes it expensive for your opponent to attack you he had a danger room in there he had um captain cold's cold gun you know all just great actions that could sit in the field and and disrupt your opponent's happiness <laughs> um uh, and then clearly the plan was then just to drop a satchel out there deliver the damage it'll rotate round drop it back out deliver the damage while you char- while your opponent's characters are all getting snatched up by the kiln any characters your opponent has got out it's going to cost them to attack because of the lantern battery or you're going to shoot it out with the cold gun you know anything that's doing you nothing so it just it was a really well constructed team around that one particular pick of the week i just think it's really interesting it is put a serarak and red dragon in there to get around the Scarlet Witch problem and to address the five cost, you know, so he can afford to buy his actions. So it just all comes together really well, and I think it's a great uh, centerpiece. Yeah, it's a really kind of well thought out team when you look at how the bits work together. You've got Mirror on there, so he's got anything going through with a big hit, you can reduce that down to. Well, they reduced that to two, two, two or three. Top of my head. Two. Yeah, really clever. 
Mm. Yeah, so I was, re- I was really quite impressed with it. Um, and uh, I like direct damage strategies. Uh, I think also it speaks to something, we, we've mentioned this before, that um, uh, certainly something I know you've said in the past, although what I'm doubting now is whether we've said it on a recording, whether it's just been in our conversations. But, <laughs> but this idea that, you know, you find a team you like, something that's fun and engaging, but has still, you know, it still has, it's got the, the, the core components of good ramp, a win condition, you know, a way of some control or some protection um, to to make sure your win condition is secure. And if you play it and practice with it, and you know it and you understand it, um, and it's a bit from left field, th- there's a strong chance you can rock up and do really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't need to be the, uh, the the meta cards that people are shouting and screaming about uh, to to do well. If you've got something that you like that works and you know how to play it. Uh, you can beat someone who's just sat down with, you know, a, a shriek blob, knobby collector type team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think there's something. So uh, that also stands out to me as a pick of the week, not just because I like direct damage strategies and I think it's quirky and interesting, but also because I like that it did so well and it is a bit left field. And you know what? There's a bit of stuff going on around actions like Scarlet Witch, but. You know, you can build your team to be well prepared for that. Uh, and I actually suspect maybe some someone who played Yesco or even Yesco yourself, by all means, get in touch. Uh, I actually suspect that the damage delivering capacity of that could get pretty heavy pretty quick. God, yeah. We haven't got their, their dice counts. But the kiln, the kiln's like a two cost, isn't it? Let's have a look. I know that the cold gun's three, isn't it? Yeah. Because I don't think they're... What's that? The kiln, powered by crunch... Okay, that is a four cost. The other two is a two costs. All right. Um, yeah, I suppose you've got the the gold dragon's going to make it too, isn't he? Oh, greater dragon. Red, red dragon, yeah, that's right. And the red dragon, when he's buying them, is dealing uh, you know a, a point of ping damage as point. well. So you, yeah. you're you're softening the field right out the gate there. You know, just just chipping away. What's that guardian of the faith do that you had on the team? Let's go have a look. That's the one that's reused the dwarf wizard picture, I think, isn't it? Guard in the face. Uh, continuous, again, when you could use a global ability, you can send this die to the use pile to have target level one attacking character die considered blocked without assigning a character die to block it. So, again, it works well with the fact that he's not going to have many blockers. Yeah, it's, in, it's, in, it's in essence a replacement block. character, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's clever, and it's a continuous action that will do damage from uh, uh, the satchel. Yeah, and for a bolt and one other energy with red dragon you can f- fill your boots with them can't you yeah definitely yeah. very clever indeed yeah absolutely so pick of the week is chimichanga but i think just the whole something about the whole team and the way it strings together and the combos that you can then go for it opens up some dusty cards as well that you might not normally use i like that about it because it, it's got you looking at your continuous action dice and um, that that you might not necessarily you like guardian of faith i'd never have looked at that didn't even know what no. he did, you know. So just just lots going for for that card as a pick of the week, and I'm you know, just like super into the fact that it came to, in the top four at the Central European Nats. Cool beans. Yeah. So there we go. There's my pick of the week, my man. Very nice. So uh, yeah, as I said with mine, what what do uh, the listeners think of the satchel? Have you used it? Have you played it in a different team that worked well? Do let us know. We love hearing from you. Uh, we um, yeah want to get more correspondence in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know. I've got a feeling our man Troy, online gaming guru Troy, 
has I've played that man. has toyed around with that satchel a bit. So Troy, if you're listening, give us a shout. Let us know what you what any janky combos you've got going on with that bad boy. And Tony do something with satchel. Who's Tony? Tony who? Tony yeah, Tony who? All right, what's one guy called Tony? <laughs> you must not be named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never worked out. Why is Voldemort not got a nose? Uh, he cut it off to spite his face. <laughs> hey, I'm here all, all night, folks. Here all night. I got a few people uh, in the last episode, the top 10, pointing out the dad jokiness of our top 10. I've noticed. No, I hadn't noticed. That was that was pure comedy gold there. I don't know what they're talking about. Well, Dice Masters, it's the dadliest of all the games. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, we're, we're, where are we? We're in the weeds right now. So let's wrap this segment up there and move on to the next segment. So yes, welcome back. I've messed up the five seconds of silence because I was laughing at our little in-betweeny <laughs> chat there. Maybe one day we'll tell you what we were laughing about. But yeah, sadly folks, uh, as with all good things, they must come to an end. And this brings us to the end of another episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. A particularly meandering, rambly one, I feel, this, this week. So I hope you stuck with us all the way to this point at the end now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain they did. I'm certain they did. If you're out in Cyclerville... New Jersey, then give us a shout if you're interested in getting a Who Are You shout out on our episode in two weeks' time. Bada boom. Yeah. Good luck, or I hope everyone enjoyed themselves, I should say, at the Gaming vs. Cancer event in the UK over the weekend just gone. Uh, and come back in two weeks' time for the coverage of that to find out what's the what and, and how that's gone and what our thoughts on global escalation are. We may revisit some of my thoughts about organising your own events as well. I think that might be something people will be interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I've been Chris. Although, uh, oh, messed that up. In the meantime, I know, I know, I know. Let me start it again. In the meantime, I've been Chris, aka True Mister Six, uh, and I've been Andy, aka Do the Floss. Yeah, I can do the floss actually. I'm doing yeah, it now. Here we do go. That. I'm doing it me now too. without my trousers on. <laughs> I wonder what that slapping noise was. Yeah, yeah. There's some swinging going on here, bro. Yeah, come back in two weeks. I'll tell you what you're going to do in New Jersey. You're going to go to the airport and um, hijack trucks. Hijack trucks? Yeah, that's what they do in New Jersey. They, they steal trucks. Bada boom, bada bing. That was a, that was a Goodfellas reference there. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. Was Goodfellas New Jersey? Or oh, it might have been Brooklyn. Well, if, you, if you're a listener in Cyclerville in New Jersey and you're familiar with the, uh, the mafia setup in that area just just get just let me know whether I've, I've nailed that wrong but I thought Goodfellas was set in New Jersey now I'm completely doubting myself I'm Martin. wondering if I've just made a really offensive joke 
maybe they'll put a hit on you. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? In the news no. today, <laughs> UK <laughs> gaming <Country> podcaster. <laughs> it would. It'd be a day of national mourning, as James Law recently commented on. Um, well, we commented on when you die. <laughs> well, there was a lengthy IM conversation. You're not in on that chat. I mean, no offence, New Jersey people. I didn't mean to imply that you all steal trucks. I was making a Goodfellas reference. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially an, an inaccurate Goodfellas one. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, you do steal a lot, the Scousers. Um, so on with the show. So... Hey, calm down. <laughs> and that was another Harry Enfield one. Calm down, calm down, calm down. 